Hey, listeners of the Bio Report, I want to tell you about a new member benefit from the California Technology Council. CTC has teamed with Reprovada to offer members six months of Reprovada's COT Network service for free, which gives companies the power of a VPN at a fraction of the cost. A remote, flexible workforce is the new normal, but most corporate networks aren't built to accommodate work from home at scale. Reprovada's COT Network offers an easily deployable, affordable, and scalable solution to securely enable remote workers and protect the corporate network. To learn more about this and other member benefits, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. The problem of drug resistance isn't limited to bacteria. It's also a growing concern with fungal species that's causing an increasing need for new agents to combat these microbes. Synexis is developing the experimental drug Ibrexafungerp, the first of a new class of therapies for serious fungal infections. We spoke to Marco Taglietti, president and CEO of Synexis, about the problem of drug-resistant fungal infections, the company's experimental therapy, Ibrexafungerp, and why it may provide a new way of treating a range of serious fungal infections. Marco, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Danny, for inviting me. We're going to talk about drug-resistant fungal infections, Synexis, and your efforts to develop antifungals to treat these infections. Maybe we can start with how big a problem resistant fungal infections represent today. It's a growing problem, and simply because antifungals, uh, antifungals have been introduced many decades ago, and there are very few of them, only three classes. One, the polyens introduced 60 years ago. The azoles introduced 40 years ago and the kinocandins introduced 20 years ago. And of course, with all this time, the fungi had an opportunity to develop defenses against these three classes. This is why we are developing a new class in order to overcome the growing problem of resistance to antifungals. How threatening are these infections? Well, the type of infection that we are treating are difficult to treat and invasive fungal infections. Invasive fungal infection, infections, meaning infection of the bloodstream, of internal organs, usually they happen in patients who are immunocompromised. So cancer patients with uh, uh, undergoing chemotherapy, or uh, transplanted patients, solid organ transplant, bone marrow transplanted patients. And these patients, they don't have the immunodefense to fight these infections. So these infections, they are very aggressive. 
they can spread inside the body of the patients and the mortality of these infections can be still now with the best treatment between 20 to 50 percent 20 to 50 percent so extremely high mortality you have also infections that are not internal like for example mucosal infections of the esophagus of the mouth of the vagina that are, can be very very difficult to treat and these are the all the type of infection invasive and of the mucosa that we are trying to treat now with our compound we hear a lot about antibiotic resistance and and the causes of that why are we having this problem with resistant fungal infections very good question danny um the reason the resistance to antibacterials has been uh, on the front line is because bacteria are very quick in developing resistance. And the reason is because they are very promiscuous. Uh, they exchange DNA not only between the same species, but also between different species of bacteria. And therefore, development of resistance to antibacterials usually develops very quickly after a few years of the introduction of the product on the market. Uh, and fungal infections and fungi, uh, the development of resistance is slower. It may take 10, 15 years before the, the significant amount of fungi become resistant. And this is, uh, this is why uh, now we start to see the problem becoming bigger and bigger when you start to see classes that have been introduced 20 or 40 years ago or even longer. Um, and so the reason of the focus on antibacterials is because they develop resistance very quickly and, uh, and therefore this has been the focus of the last uh, probably 15-20 years. Uh, but the resistance to antifungals is becoming a major issue and you have new species emerging like uh, Candida auris uh, that has been shown to be multi-drug resistance with high mortality, very difficult to control infections. Given the, uh, given the, the limited arsenal for antifungals today, what happens when a patient is resistant? How are they treated? Very good question. I am an infectious disease specialist by training, uh, by the way, and I tell you that sometimes what uh, we do as a doctors is just to, what is the expression, throwing the sink to the patients. Sometimes we use all the antifungals we have available all at the same time in trying to control those infections that can be, as I said, deadly. So, um, so the, the attempt is to give an antifungal, which one of the three classes available, so an azole, an echinocandin, maybe amphotericin B, all together hoping that something will stick. There have been some efforts to encourage the development of new antibiotics through such measures as the GAIN Act. Do they apply to the development of new antifungal agents? Yes and no. Uh, yes, in the sense that the Gain Act that you mentioned that was introduced in 2012 covered also uh, fungal infections. Therefore, for example, our antifungal, Ibrexa fungerb, is covered by the Gain Act 
uh, and it is a QIDP product, a qualified infectious disease product uh, recognized by FDA. And therefore, we have some of the uh, benefits of, uh, of the GAIN Act. However, um, many uh, recent organizations that have been supporting uh, the uh, development of new antimicrobials for uh, pathogens that are resistant, organizations like Varda or organizations like Carbex, uh, and they, provide, they provided a significant support to companies, but companies developing antibacterials, not antifungals. Uh, this is changing, and probably because the em emergence of, uh, of the, these new pathogens that have been uh, uh, showing to be fungal pathogens, showing high aggressiveness, very difficult to treat, multi-drug resistance uh, type of uh, profile. Why do you think we haven't seen more innovation around new antifungals? Excellent question, Danny, because this is actually a question I get frequently. Why we don't have more antifungals? The reason is that it's very difficult to find proper targets against the fungi. The metabolic machinery of the fungi is not too different from the metabolic machinery of the human cells. So when you try to target something to kill the fungi, sometimes you are also causing toxicity to human cells. And whereas for bacteria, bacteria are so different in terms of metabolic machinery from human cells that you can find many more ways to attack the bacteria without damaging the human cells. In fact, actually, there are two classes of antifungal, amphotericin B or enviazoles, that have a mechanism of action that interferes also with human cells and that may cause uh, some kind of toxicity that uh, can, in the case of amphotericin B, can be significant. In fact, amphotericin B is always nicknamed by infectious disease specialists as amphoterrible because of a uh, set of adverse events associated with, uh, with this antifungal. So, so the reason of so few antifungals is because it's very difficult to find mechanisms that uh, kills that kill the fungi without harming the human cell. Our compound targets a structure that does not exist in human cells, and therefore, is the risk of uh, uh, off-target effects, toxic off-target effects, is much lower, and uh, we. And, and we have seen our drug to be extremely uh, clean in terms of safety profile. Well, your lead candidate is Ibrexa fungar, the first of a new class of antifungals. What exactly is it? Uh, it's a small molecule, and it targets a specific structure of the fungi. Uh, a fungi the cell of the fungi is uh, surrounded by a hard shell. Think like the hard shell of the egg that protects the developing chick inside. Our product blocks the production of the building blocks, the glucan, that makes this hard shell around the fungi. By blocking 
this, this production, so this is why our product is called the glucan synthase inhibitor, the hard shell breaks down and at that point the cell just simply dies. And, uh, and this hard shell around the, around the cell is a structure that is not present in human cells. And this is, uh, this is why blocking and destroying this structure around the fungi cell does not have a negative effect on human cells. How does this mechanism of action differ from the other classes of antifungals today? Well, uh, amphotericin B and uh, azoles, which are the two first classes, and uh, the azoles actually probably is the class, the antifungal class used the most because it's the only one uh, with uh, orally bioavailable antifungals, uh, they affect the metabolism of the fungi. And in fact, uh, azoles, for example, they are fungistatic. They block the growth of the fungi, but they are not fungicidal. They don't kill the fungi. Our product, by blocking the production of this in, in, uh, hard shell around the fungi, actually is fungicidal. It kills the fungi. Uh, there is another class of uh, currently available antifungals, the echinocandines, but they target the same structure that we target, these hard shell made of glucan. But we, since the two classes, echinocandines and Ibrexa fungerb, are so different, fungi that have become resistant to echinocandines are still sensitive to our product because the two products, the Echinocandins and Ibrexafungerm, they attack the, the, the cell wall of the fungi in different ways. Your lead indication is in vaginal yeast infections. What's known about the efficacy of the drug today? Well, very good. Uh, Danny, let me just say that actually that is my, our leading indication right now. We completed the phase three program in April. And we are now getting ready to file uh, this year, in, in a few months, our first NDA. Uh, the product is a fast-track priority review product, and therefore we expect uh, approval of the, of the product mid of the next year. So we, we have shown with the vulvovaginal candidiasis program that our product is uh, as activity, uh, clinical activity, is uh, well-tolerated, in, uh, in patients, and, and therefore we, we have uh, the best possible demonstration of the, uh, of the activity and of the product. And why start with that as the first indication? Well, actually, we started the development of the product for hospital infection, and in fact, we have a phase three program ongoing. Where we are testing ibrexafunger in patients with invasive fungal infections, as I mentioned, these are cancer patients or transplanted patients, with infections that are refractory to currently available antifungals. In other words, in patients who are not responding to currently available treatment. And we actually provided some uh, very promising data in January 
based on an interim analysis of these uh, patients. We have also a study against Candida auris and a study against um, uh, pulmonary aspergillosis, which is also a very aggressive internal fungal infection of the lungs, but actually have been associated recently to the use of ventilators in COVID-19 patients. So the program in hospital is moving along, is in phase three. However, the program in vulvovaginal candidiasis, since there are millions, millions of women suffering of uh, uh, vulvovaginal candidiasis, and unfortunately, the currently available treatment have significant, significant gap in terms of uh, efficacy and safety, uh, made possible for us to do this program extremely quickly. So the vulvovaginal candidiasis program also started somewhat later than the hospital, actually leapfrogged the hospital program in terms of execution. We started the program, just to give you an idea, we started the phase three program uh, last year, and we are, going, uh, we are going to file this year for uh, the NDA. So uh, the program was executed extremely, extremely fast. How broadly applicable might this drug be? Well, actually, like many antifungals, since there are so few of them, they are used usually in a broad range of indications, depending on the antifungal. Our antifungal, Ibrexafungerp, has a broad spectrum of action. It works against Candida, Aspergillus, Pneumocystis, Blastomycosis, Histoplasmosis, uh, and also Cosidioidomycosis. So it works against the vast majority of pathogens that can cause fungal infection. Therefore, we are, we are developing the product in a broad range of indications that will go from uh, community type of infection, like vulvovaginal candidiasis, and the prevention of vulvovaginal candidiasis recurrences, up to the deadly, high mortality, severe hospital infections in immunocompromised subjects, like, uh, as I mentioned, pulmonary aspergillosis or invasive fungal infection, refractory to other treatment. So the, it's a very broad range of indication that goes from the less severe infection, like vulvovaginal candidiasis, where we are using a low dose for one day. For vulvovaginal candidiasis, the treatment is a one-day treatment, low dose. A, C, a 600 milligram given for one day. Whereas for hospital infection, where the infection is deep-seated inside the patients, we, we have to use a higher dose, 750 milligram, given sometimes for a few weeks or, or even for a couple of months in certain type of uh, uh, deep-seated uh, uh, type of uh, fungal infections. How big a concern is the potential development of resistance against the drug? Well, let me just say, as an infectious disease specialist, I can tell you that sooner or later, uh, pathogens, they always found a way to become resistant. The uh, pathogens, microbes, have been a, around uh, billions of years before us, and they will be around billions of years after us. The the, point, the important point is that so far we have, an, we have seen uh, very little risk for development of resistance. So we expect, like for other antifungals, to have probably a 
15 to 20 years before resistance to a new antifungal really becomes a significant issue. Um, for example, the kinocandins as a class, they were introduced in 2000, and it has been only a few years ago, around 2015, that we started to see in the clinics some fungi becoming resistant to kinocandin. So it took a good 15, 20 years before resistance became a, a problem. So we expect our drug that uh, will be very effective against pathogens that are currently resistant to what is available today. Will one day develop in resistance? Probably, yes. That is the destiny of all the antimicrobials. And this is a, one important point I want to make, is that this is why it's so important to support the development of new anti-infectives products in general. It's because pathogens are very smart, are very, very smart. They find always a way to become resistant. And this is why it's so important to support the anti-infectives industry. Recently, we have seen some big companies like uh, Merck, Pfizer, Eli Lilly, that are realizing, and they made an announcement just a, a couple of weeks ago, that uh, they are going to support the anti-infectives industry. It's important for our society that we continue to develop new products like Ibrexafone Gerb to make sure that we have weapons that can fight the challenges of tomorrow. Marco Taglietti, President and CEO of Synexus. Marco, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Danny. It was my pleasure to talk with you today. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.